two weeks ago on a Monday, so tomorrow, a week ago, something happened. But two weeks ago, it was kind of the start of something that, that, that God has been doing in my heart for the, for the past, let me quickly do the math, 2009, help me, 14 years, 14 years. Uh, it's been a 14-year journey of being involved in high schools in a, in a specific capacity. And um, two weeks ago, uh, some of you have heard the story, but on a, on a Monday night, I go to this specific school, and uh, we get to sit with between 60 and 80. Uh, in that context, they dubbed as high school leaders um, because of the context that they then help fellow students. So they dubbed as, as small group leaders. So there's between 60 and 80, depending on if there's a sports event on or not. Um, but they're they, they there, and we can come in. And we bring a, uh, an importation and we help them. We give some guidelines of how they can help their school friends. And then they do something similar two days later. So they've got two days to hopefully meditate on the material. Um, we don't spoon feed, but we give them a bit of guideline. And here's, here's, here's something that you can use just for where they are at, etc. So two weeks ago, it was the moment um, that I received a WhatsApp in the morning. I didn't know that we were actually starting that evening again because of school holidays and school kind of programs and schedules, etc., etc. So I got a, a phone call to say, we're starting, begin mos weer vanavond. That, that, that word again in Afrikaans, the mos, like, well, aangezien ons mos vanavond begin, sal ek maar mos vanavond daar wees. And uh, my day continued, and it was about five o'clock in the afternoon, I asked Inga, give me, give me 30 minutes. I just need to sit down and I need to type guidance. I need to give them something. I'll fix it later. I just need to give them something in their hand. I, I can tweak it for Tuesday. They'll get it on, on, on Wednesday. So I started typing and it was one of those moments that you highlight, delete. That's no, not going to be this. And you start typing again, highlight, delete. It's not going to be this. Push my chair back and I asked, Holy Spirit, obviously I'm not supposed to say both of these. What do I need to say? And he dropped the word in my heart, compromise. Speak on compromise. And I started, and then it flowed. And then we, we, uh, we spoke on compromise, comparison. And it was a really, a, it was a powerful, powerful evening. Um, I said, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit now, but I said a few things that I wasn't allowed to say. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll fill in the gaps just now. It's like, what, what did you say? I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit later. So it was a strong evening. And um, I really thought that, I don't think they're going to come back next week. It was, it, was, it was really just what I sensed in my heart. The Lord dropped regarding compromise and religion. And they're in Afrikaans school. And it's, 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 a, it's a tight, tight atmosphere. More of them came back the next week, uh, which was great. And uh, so I asked for feedback. And I asked, is there anybody that still wants to throw me with stones from last week? Uh, or, or tomatoes or anything like that. It was just a, a joke for, for them just to settle in. They didn't have any tomatoes, didn't have any stones, um, but even if it was, it would, it would have been fine. And I um, started speaking, and I asked them, any feedback from last week? Any, any, any feedback from your groups? Do you have questions? And the one guy put his hand up, and he said, they call me Wim, not because I'm old. Pierre already said, I'm not old, but I'm, I'm just older than them. So I get a lot of Wims, that's just, that's just my context thing. Wim, um, last week was really strong. I'm like, yeah, come on, big guy. Like, I'm so glad. Why? It's like, well, because we've realized that if we just speak straight and we speak the truth, people actually want to hear that as well. I'm like, exactly. 
Exactly. So that, he set me up for, for then asking any, anybody else, any other feedback on the, oh, on, the, on the notes specifically of comparison and, and compromise. And he, obviously a young girl, right at the back in the middle, she raised her hand and she said, uh, um, nothing about last week, but can you please just help us? Yeah, that's why I'm here. How can I serve you best? How can I help? It's like, can you please just help us with this whole identity, gender thing in school? Because we're not allowed to speak about it. No one's speaking about it. We know you're not really allowed to speak about it. We don't know what's going on. Please help us. The, the irony is 6.30 that night... We had supper, and uh, I told Inga, I'm really praying about my season at this specific school. It's my eighth year that I do that on a Monday night. And um, Eliana is still two, and I've got evenings that I'm out, and I'm, I've got evenings at home. So I just want to pace it out well. Um, I want to burn the stick on, on four ends. And I'm really praying about my season. Maybe it's time to get a new guy in for, for him to do it. And um, um, I went into with that prayer into that evening. And I got home and I told Inga, I'm not done. <laughs> I've never understood the scripture. So much where Christ arrived at a, at a specific place and he looked at the people and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that was my Monday night. They sat there. No one wants to speak about it. No one is allowed to speak about it. And they just have to accept whatever's going on around them. And my heart broke. My heart broke. For culture, for society, that's seemingly Christian, supposedly to be Christian. But we'll just tolerate. We'll just make space for everyone. So I used a, a few minutes at the end just to help start helping them. Uh, here's, my, here's my conviction and here's how we approach the people. Because if you take this one, it's, it's just two kind of different angles. Here's my conviction of what I believe about it, but here's how we, here's how we approach the people. And it's, it's not with a, with a sword. Because um, every one of us was broken. And we all need Jesus. But, oh, so I, was, I, was, I was a bit messed up on Monday. And um, Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 has been a passage that I've meditated on for a while. For the past two weeks, I'm, I'm reading Romans 12. Oh, it's already on the screen. You guys are, are great. I'm reading Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, and I'm going, something, something new, something deeper is jumping out at me for the following reason. A few, few months ago, I actually preached on Romans 12, 1 to 2, all about discerning God's will. And over the past two weeks, how it's been highlighted to me is God's voice always speaks His will. If you hear His voice, you hear His will. Would you agree? I hope you agree. If you hear his voice, you hear his will. It's, it's kind of interchangeable in a specific context. 
If, if God says, this is my will, obviously it came through his voice. And that's probably the biggest thing that's happening around us. And we can dub it this and we can dub it that. And I'll, I'll put a few things on the, on the screen for you to see uh, kind of how it's, what you can listen out for out there. But basically, culture is numbing God's voice. Summarized. Just, we just numb God's voice. If we fall under it. But this morning we had our moment where Christ is above every name, every power, every principality, every ruler, every authority. And that hasn't been since this morning. It's been ever since. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it's mighty in God's pull on every stronghold and every argument, every stronghold and every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring that into obedience. So as we read passages of Scripture this morning, um, obviously there's nothing new because I didn't think out any new Scriptures uh, this week. It's all there. But as we read it, I truly want to encourage you. May the Holy Spirit truly ignite something in all of our hearts this morning when it comes to the next generation. And I have to include in that moment, and that includes someone that doesn't know Christ yet. That, that, that is also part of the next generation. But regarding schools, regarding colleges, regarding campuses, etc., etc., there's a big onslaught that's happening on them, but we're going to do it out of victory. Uh, we're on the winning side. Do you believe that? We're on the winning side, not on the losing side. It's looking tough. It's looking difficult. Um, God said that the dark will become darker, but the light will become lighter. And if I look in this room, we've got, about, we've got a few lights here, uh, 350-odd odd lights. Um, so it's going to be great. So if you want a sermon title, uh, Kingdom Culture, I'll explain it a little bit just now. Kingdom Culture, set apart to hear the voice of God. That is the, that's the culture that we're part of. And that culture, we, we hear God's voice. Romans 12, 1 to 2, Paul's writing and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I want to highlight that word appeal. It's either appeal or I urge. I think the NIV says I urge. And it's not I silently please ask you with very politely kind of with a polite tone of voice. Uh, Paul at this moment was, obviously he's, he's into 12 chapters of writing, and he's like, I, I appeal to you, I urge you, I urge you. This is a, this is a moment where you go, boop, okay, cool. What, what does he want to say? And he says the following, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by tasting you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And Paul is clearly telling us out of Romans 12 that it's impossible to discern God's will if we keep on conforming to the world. And I'm speaking to us as church so that we can go out and help people. And firstly, to check our own hearts as well. But he said we can't discern the voice of God if we conform. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I've got this, I mustn't speak about poiki course now because it's a, it's, a, it's a bad time to speak. But we've got this poiki and we, and we just add and we add and we add and we add. It's like, it's like adding Smarties and jelly beans to popcorn. You don't do it. You keep it separate. You keep it separate. And uh, I've, I've got two brothers that will, the one will agree and the other one will disagree. But we all know that it's wrong to do it. 
We all know it's wrong. You don't conform. You don't do it. Salt is salt. Sweet is sweet. Hot is hot. I mean, you don't throw chilies on your chocolates. Uh, you just don't do it. This whole chili thing with lint. That's, no wonder it doesn't sell. Um, if they asked my advice years ago, they would have been much better with their business. But um, <laughs> don't conform to this world. Be transformed by renewal of your mind. That by tasting you may discern what is the will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect. 2019, uh, received a phone call from a, from a different school. And they asked me to come and do an opening. One of, that's kind of the, the public school way of doing is every now and then they have like an assembly opening, etc. Everybody gathers and cool, here's what we're doing for the week. They asked me to come and do that and I'm praying into, Lord, what must I share? What, what can I share? And I get the figure, I see uh, kind of a vision of the, the figure 10. I'm like, great, like 10th book of the Bible. Uh, no, that's not going to work. Like 10th verse of Psalm 10. Uh, I mean, the list is long. It's like you can, you can do whatever you want with, with 10. It's like, must I ask them to do 10 push-ups? And like, what about this 10? And I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And I don't get clarity on what about the 10. I just see 10. And just before, I think it was the day before, um, the clarity comes for me. Here's what I wanted to show you about the 10. It's been 10 years since you've left school. I left, I matriculated in of 2008, so 2009 was my first year kind of university. It's been 10 years since you've left school. Like, yes, speak about what you've seen happening in 10 years. Come on. Great. Awesome. So what happened in prior to the 10 years, when I was in school between 2004 and 2008, we even used the words this morning, we were, we were radical. I gave my heart to Christ in grade 8. I was 13, turning 14. We were radical. What did we do? Just what the Bible said we should do. We prayed on the school property. We led friends to Jesus. We had music worship slots before school, during break, for everyone to pull in. No fear, no shame, open door, like, come. We'd love to help you. Cycle to school with my guitar around my, my shoulders, resting the neck of the guitar on the handlebar so I didn't cramp up uh, on my way to school. Going to figure out how to do this thing. That, that's what we did. We just, we just lived radically. Uh, but it's, that's just the norm. It was, it was norm. And we could go to someone and say, uh, here's a Bible. I want to tell you about Jesus. And for the most part, they would listen. For the most part, they would listen. 2019. Uh, obviously, it's five years ago nearly. 2019, we would be on a school property, not in a high school anymore, but we would be um, ministering to people, being there to serve them, and you bring out the Bible, and now it's, who told you the Bible is true? Ten years. Ten years ago, hey, yo, no, there's something about God's Word. I've, I have a bit of a reference. I have a bit of an understanding. So, yes, speak to me. I would love to listen. 2019, who tells you the Bible is true? whole different angle all of a sudden four years later 2023 that moment that the girl had please help us we 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 don't know what's going on we're confused now what they're bringing in is you have to sign something before you go into the school that you won't speak on the following topics manifestos which i haven't signed up until this day thank you jesus for your grace it's like I have my wiring and that paper ain't going to work. I'll honor. I'll honor. Uh, it's not my property. It's government property. I'll honor. But I'm not signing no nothing. 
I'm not signing anything. So not allowed to speak about this, not allowed to speak about that, blah, 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 blah. So even from, okay, but is the Bible true? Now they want to dictate what you say. Like, I'm not signing. And because of that, there are 80 students that's supposed to be the Christian leaders in the school going, what's going on? We don't know. We're confused. So because of culture, have, have, have driven down, have pressed upon a young people that it is our fault, society's fault, that they can't even have clarity on God's voice. Because they don't even know, is it right or is it wrong? They can't even discern that anymore. That's how far it's shifted. 14 years. I'm like, Jesus, help us. Help us. Acts 1 verse 8. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. So when they had come together, just before Christ is ascending to heaven, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is what we go out with, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, in our context, is still valid because we can see that, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? Even after the years that Christ had with his disciples. They, now he's obviously, he's, he's been crucified, he's been risen from the dead. Now they go, yes, Jesus, is this the moment? Like, we're going to take him down. This Roman Empire that's ruling is like, it ain't happening anymore. Like, tot hirtu, any fair. That's where that, 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 that line comes from. I think it was Peter. It's like, tot hirtu, Jesus, any fair. It's like, charge. And then Jesus said, no, I'll give you my Holy Spirit. You go. Into what? Into a world that is so filled with idol worship, that is filled with different cultures, but with his spirit, we bring the kingdom of God. That is what we are about to preach. That is what we are preaching when we leave those doors. Raise the sick. No, raise the sick. If he was very sick, we raise him. Raise the dead. Because he was probably sick before he died. But uh, raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. And preach the gospel. Yeah, raise the sick. That was a great one. Next slide. We do not, thank the Lord, and should not, so let's not start, Merely add the gospel of Jesus Christ on top of a conformed society and culture. It's like baking a cake and the eggs were off. Sorry for, sorry, all the, you baked the cake and the eggs were off. And you just had a nice thick layer of icing over the cake. And I, I promise you, when that dough hits your tongue and your palate, an uh, explosion is going to happen in your brain, and the explosion is not going to sing happy birthday. <laughs> the explosion is going to sing like someone, someone seriously messed up this batch of, of dough. And that's sometimes what happens if we don't see how the culture subtly just tries to add Jesus to what, what's happening there. There's the rotten batch, and we'll just give it a nice little sugar coat, literally. With icing, sugar goat. It also happened 2,000 years ago in a church called the Church of Galatia. That Paul and the guys went in, preached the gospel, people got saved, the church was birthed. And then later Paul came back because he heard people wanted to add to the pure gospel of Christ. And the words that Paul used who has believed? 
bewitched you. If you started off in the spirit so well, why do you want to go on to the flesh? People also try to add, and we shouldn't, and we don't. Pure, pure, pure gospel of Christ. That's what sets us free. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. He says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all, uh, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in it. It's one of my favorite passages. The, uh, if, I, if, I, if I read that, I see this, this, this kind of this horn. The moment Christ triumphed over them, it's like this massive triumphal like music. Poof! Triumphed! Because he outwitted Satan. But I look at that scripture and we go into culture around us. Here's what God has been speaking to Mark for the last two weeks. The moment we are fine, let's call it tolerate. The moment we're fine with uh, the gospel being sugar-coated, or we're just adding a little bit of Jesus, here's what we do. We actually tolerate a spirit that Christ gave his life for. We actually tolerate spirits of, let's go, intimidation, manipulation, fear, etc., etc. We tolerate not, not, a, a, not a, a, a group of people, it's, it's not the people, it's the spirit behind. We tolerate spirits that Christ was whipped for, that Christ gave his life for. And we go, no, we, we won't speak about it. There's, there's it. Everybody's welcome. All roads lead. And that was a wake-up call. We can't do that. Christ's price was not cheap. It was not cheap. It's not for us just to go, everything just goes. So here's what Paul meant with conform. Conform, Romans 12, do not conform. And we'll speak about transform. Conform means to fashion or shape one thing like another. I must admit, <laughs> the example that came to my mind was a very specific rugby team in South Africa. That you know that the person is supporting that rugby team. Because they look just like the animal that represents the rugby team. I'm not going to say the color, but it's often, I think it's blue. Um, and there's things that's, no offense here, just honestly the illustration that I had. And there's photos in the back of the window, and there's things hanging off your bull bar. And I was like, Amal Kansin. Like, it's, that's like the, nearly the epitome of you've conformed. You look just like. And I'm thinking... And I'm reading, and I have read, that sometimes we walk into, this is not a service, but we have local church moments, which looks exactly the same. And that's the trap that they're setting for young people. It, it's so nice, and I'm getting a similar feeling, and I'm getting a similar vibe to what I had at Cuba <laughs> last week. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it was later on. So I'm getting, it, it looks the same, it feels the same than what it was at, at Cuba last week, but at least there's a little bit of Jesus here. So it has to be right. 
And that's not the way that we should bring the gospel to people. Because the, the difficulty is if someone do give their lives to Christ in that moment, the reference that they have is, but it was because of that, 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 and that. And now we want to disciple them out of that. And then they realize the following. So was this fake? I've been there. I'm like, oh, sorry, I just had to do something to get you here. So you lied to me. You created something so that I could... Does it make sense? Yeah. That's why the book was called The Reset. We need a reset. It's like, here, here's how we can. I'll speak about how we engage the culture. That's a different one. But we shouldn't create something that looks the same as the world, add some Jesus. Okay, great, now you accept Jesus, and now we take away the lights and the smoke machines, and now... Because everything was based on this foundation. And we shouldn't do that. Pure. Pure. From the word go. Here's the transform part. Don't conform, but transform. The obligation being to undergo a complete change, which, I love this part, under the power of God. This is not of us. Not our good works. Not our Sunday service attendance. Not our whatever on the list. Under the power of God. Transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit will find expression in character and conduct. It lays stress on the inward change. And that's what Jesus was after. He was after the heart. The Pharisees are a great example of that, of which I was one. Great on the outside, but heart far from God. These people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Christ came firstly for our hearts, and that manifests itself. In the outward, this person said it very eloquently, character and conduct. It's about the heart. Here's uh, on the next slide, I want to help us understand a little bit what's, what's going on around. And there's a few big statements on the screen, but it's good for us to see. And as we read these, please remember that we're out of victory. We're living from victory. We're living by the power of the Spirit. We're in His throne room, and no argument will um, will hold its own against who Christ is. Here's uh, what happens with taking people into captivity, conquering a kingdom. Uh, he says, one of the goals of taking a conquered people into captivity, think about kind of back in the day, that, that nation was taken into captivity, Babylon, etc., etc. One of the goals of taking a conquered people into captivity was the systematic, systematic, bicky for bicky, we know, we know Russia. We know Russia. Systematic dismantling and eradication of the culture and the assimilation and adoption of the invading empire's culture and values. That was the whole point. That was the whole point. You conquer those people. They come here. You bring them. And now you slowly but surely think about the first chapter of Daniel. Right? Just eat this, eat that, eat that. Here's what, here's what we want for you in this captive state. And Daniel made a stand to say, no, we're not going to go for the systematic dismantling and eradication. We're going to stand because before God, we said, Lord, our hearts are pure. So that's what, a, that's what a, a culture subtly wants to do. And I'm there and we're all there that we go like, is it really, is it really that systematic? Is it really that fine? Extremely, extremely, extremely subtle. No rush. Next slide. Our smart devices 
have created a digital environment that is slowly indoctrinating us to views and values that are contrary to our faith. This is what it means to live in digital Babylon. And that kind of the, I'm going to go to the, not the experts, but the people doing their research and um, the polls of what do they experience in society, that's what they call it, digital Babylon. Last time I referenced Babylon, it was all about evil. It was all about being captive. It was all about being enslaved to a system. And now that little system is six to eight inches big with more access behind a closed door and, 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 and. And often the, the, the campus students will go, yeah, but, but you don't know. I'm like, why do I don't know? It's like, no, but, but your phone is like, well, I've got a phone and a laptop and a tablet. I've got. And I bought it myself. Your mom paid for yours. And I can buy data whenever I want to buy data. I don't know how to ask my mom for data. I can, I can view more than what you view. I don't have to go to bed to wake up for school. If I miss school, oops. Because I don't go. So the, the, the arm wrestling is really not that valid. Because they think, because culture says, they're a phoned captive generation. Not at all. My grandma says, oh, it's not, not my grandma says, my grandma sends up to 10 WhatsApp messages a day. Lord bless her. <laughs> 10 a day. She's 86. She can voice note. <laughs> Raimi? Hello, Oma. She's lief for you, Lief you Oma. It's in all of us. Our homes, their phones. If you have a phone, you've got daughter. Lord Jesus, help us. Because by the power of the Spirit, He sent us into a culture that needs the kingdom of God. I'm not going to say more than ever before. But that really needs the kingdom of God. Because of the subtlety and the systematicness that it comes with. Here's our, here's our stance. First John 3 verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's our stance. Our stance is John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And a screen doesn't give me life. It might be a specific outflow of life. I might have a specific relational moment over it. But it's not the epitome and the definition of life. We're speaking about preparing for the prophetic. I want to, if I may suggest... Everybody just doing a one-week fast of social media. Um, if I have anything to say that, that will be great. Sign up at the door on your way out. Oh, oh, no, it's all about the heart. Leave the paper. Just make the call here. So I want to I bring three things um, into us. I want to fly through these just to kind of awaken. Here's how, here's how we can be sharp as the Holy Spirit empowers us in the culture around us to not conform by His grace, but to be transformed and then to ask His wisdom because that's probably the most difficult thing is, Lord, without a phone nowadays, you can probably do close to nothing. So give me extreme wisdom of what I need to do and what I don't need to do. What app I need and what app I don't need. Because there's many apps that we don't need, but there might be one or two that is, that is beneficial. Here's culture number one. Uh, I personally like these, how they put it out. It's a self-centered consumerism culture. Self-centered consumerism culture. I added a little bit of explanation. I want and need 
the next best thing to stay current. I want it now. I want more to feed my flesh. It's a self-centered consumerism. It came systematically. It slowly but surely eradicated us from a place of Christ is the consumer of our worship. And we are dead to ourselves. We've been baptized into Christ and we have life and life in abundance. And how screens, advertisements, etc., etc. Slowly but surely, slowly but surely, happy, systematically, just add, Raymond, just add yourself a little bit more to the picture. You're not, you're entitled to just a little bit more. We add this, we add this, we add this, we add this. I'm like, whoa. All of a sudden. It's not, Lord, how can I glorify you? How can I worship you? It's like, if I don't look that way, will people still accept me? If I don't have the next best thing, am I still in? Am I still popular? And culture is really shaping it that it's, it's all about me. It was this, this old song. I'm not going to say maybe Rudy knows it because it says that he's old. This is Outreffer. And it sounds something like the following. It's all about you, Jesus. And all this is for you. For your glory and your fame, it's not about me. As if you should do things my way, you alone are God, and I surrender to your ways. Now we sing it, it's all about me. Next slide. Conforming to this pop culture, and pop is not the moment that we take out the microphones and do a dance-off. This is the abbreviation for popular. Conforming to pop culture numbs The glory of God in and through a surrendered life in terms of self-centered consumerism. How God got glory when I surrendered my life. Now he gets the glory. He lives in me. He lives through me. I placed myself again on the throne, if you will. And it's now self-centered. But it's so subtly that we sometimes don't see it. And students need to, hey, our eyes be opened. So here's the gospel answer. Because we live out of victory, because we're on the winning side, Here's the kingdom culture. The gospel answer is the supremacy of Christ. Christ is at the center. Colossians 1, uh, we have this beautiful kind of unpacking. uh, And Paul writes, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. I'm going to go dot, 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 but kind of drag that out, dot, including my smartphone. He is supposed to be preeminent, including the decisions I make based on what I've viewed. And that's sometimes the, 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 the subtle thing. It was way back when, a few months ago, I had a moment where I pushed back my chair and I sat with my head in my hands and I asked myself a few questions. Raymond, what did Instagram help you this week? For instance, I'm not, this, is, this is example names. It didn't happen, example names, just to unpack it. I saw Rudy post a photo of his new fellies. Okay, it, was a, it was a great photo. And Divan, I saw Divan post a photo of um, his coffee. I'm just going examples. This is my story. And Caden posting a photo of how he works in the garden. <laughs> Ni, oh, sorry. That was a <laughs> I'm speaking life over you. 
And I, so it was, it was great. It's, it's photos, it's people that I know, it's friends, it's family. It was good to see. But I can go to his house and I can say, hey, well done. You're working in the garden. Really, oh, Fellies, awesome. Love it. Diva and I, coffee. Let's go for it. If, if I'm in close relationship, I don't need a photo on a platform to build my relationship. So this is my story. So at the end of the day, I was like, this has helped me absolutely nothing with my relationship with Jesus. I'm not better friends with Rudy after I saw his fellies. In fact, a lot of other suggestions came popping up. Praise God for unfollow, unmute, anger, quickly delete that. Some weird thing on an Instagram, instant message or direct message, DM. Woo, DM, DM me. Um, quickly delete that. Someone wants to chat about to me and I don't want to chat to her. So there's my phone. I don't want to even see but anyways, I honestly don't need it. It's me. Again, the, the point where we might engage, is it good for your business? Does it help? So don't hear me that everybody has to delete the app. For me, I'm like, I will do absolutely phenomenal if I don't have the app. Still have the account. And it's been uninstall. What a joy. Battery life. Increased. <laughs> yeah. So it's got nothing to do with if you have a Samsung or an iPhone, which one's battery is the best. It's, do you have Instagram or not? That one's battery is the best. If I am stepping on toes, please hear that it's, it's, from, a, it's from a loving heart. So I deleted it. TikTok I've never had, will never have. I'm not sure if I can use that word, so I won't, but it's the most nonsense app I've ever heard of. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyways. Culture 2. So self-centered consumerism, it's all about me. Culture 2 is one that's really upping, upping in society. Information dependent. A few brackets. Driven by knowing what the latest, new is, latest news is. Can't live in peace. Mentioned peace beforehand. Can't live in peace if I don't know. So false peace. Constantly checking for updates for a sense of satisfaction information dependent. I need to know before I can live. Instead of, because I know him, I can live. Constantly checking updates, constantly checking new feeds. Drag, drag. If you drag the screen down, you see this little wheel pop up and it refreshes your feed. Hey, great. Rudy now posted another pair of new socks for Rudy. Wow. Now I can live my day because I know that someone in Georgia has bought a new pair of socks. It's just random examples. But we feed off info. We feed off info. And later on, this is, this is going towards the, now that I know everything, why do I need God? Now that I know everything, why do I need God? But this one is, a, is one we'll speak about in the, in the, in the near future again. Here's the, here's the crux. Confirming, conforming rather to popular culture in this one, the information dependent, numbs the voice of God and to discern his will. Because instead of asking the Lord, if small things, big things. We go Google, we go app, we search for this, we search for that. What can I wear for a function? Great. There's great sites again, but it's like, hey, I've got those shoes. Lord, give me some creativity. Be, let, let's be creative. He's the creator. And he helps us to be creative. And we're pumping all the things that we want to know into a system to tell us how we can be creative if he can speak to us about how to be creative. Which is also information. But it comes straight from his voice. Here's the gospel answer. Because we live from victory, because we're not 
the tail with the head. The kingdom culture gospel answer is the sufficiency of Christ. Christ is enough. 1 Corinthians 2, as we come in for landing, Paul writing and he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's what Paul said. And that is drifting slowly, slowly, slowly. That we, we need more info. We need more of this so that we can sound like this. And Paul's going, I just want you to experience the power of Jesus. His, and Paul was not, not eloquent. That's actually the funny part about that. He was, he was a supreme mind. And he was actually very eloquent. But he spoke into the heart. What was his motivation? Like, I can speak eloquently, but what I actually want is just experience the power of Christ. That's all. It's all you need. It's all you need. Last one. A culture around us um, of being production orientated. Right at the bottom of the brackets, my identity is rooted in what I do and how much of it I do and a worldly view of success. Personal, again, I personally think that high school students are more busy than their parents. Leave, leave home at seven, get back at seven. I was there as well. And my heart breaks. How on earth can you live your life that who God created you to be, spending time with Him, having input from, from, from your parents around you, from, from healthy leaders around you that wants to call out the best in you. How do you? Where do you get time to, Jesus, who did you make me to be? Wow, and I want to be that. Tapping into equipping moments of, this is who you've called me to be. This is uh, just eight till late. Just production, 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 production. Go, 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 go. It's like, oh, just say no. Just say no. Because the gospel is pretty much exactly the opposite. My identity is rooted in who he says I am. Therefore, I have a security. Listen, therefore, I do what he tells me to do. And that's not a point of being lazy. So it's not, okay, great. Jesus said I could be lazy. Not at all. But if we do so that I can be secure or significant or popular, that's when I fall into the, I feed off this for success. And it's actually the opposite. The kind of the, the, the pop culture about this one, it numbs intimacy with God. And sometimes I, I stand or it's in a small group, or it's in a, in a kind of an open setting, and my heart wants to encourage the high school students, like, have you made time for God this week? And I look at the faces, and they just dip down. Monday nights included. I'm, I'm there, six, I leave home at 6.30, so we start at 6.45. Students walk into the auditorium with their sports clothes on. Haven't been home. 6.45. Hockey, hockey bag, full of dirt and dust, and I have to speak for an hour. I'm like, can, can we just, just kind of put the program aside? How are, how are you? Because now they also want you to sit here for another hour so we can speak about Jesus. But we, we can't hear his voice. We can't have intimacy with him because we're just so busy. So how can we scale 
Because it steals intimacy with God. Here's our kingdom culture. Here's the gospel answer. The bride of Christ. I am. Therefore I have. Therefore I do. I am a son of God. Therefore I have security. Therefore I do what he says I should do. And that will be in his will. That will be in his voice. That will be in his grace. And if he graced it, good to go. I want to end with Revelation 2, 1 Peter 2. And this is the scripture for um, intimacy with God, which really has spoken into my heart over the past few months. And he's writing, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance. I know how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Beautiful. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm repenting. Fall before your feet. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And repentance is a beautiful word. It's a gift. Repentance is a gift from God daily. Lord, I repent. I've been grinding it out for your kingdom's cause. But I forgot the things that we did at first. I forgot the things we did at first. God saved in 2004. And it's not a, just hear the outflow. Well, I, I woke up at 5 a.m. to read my Bible before going to school because I was in love with Jesus. And we did music worship on the property. We just did it. And then culture wants to come and drift in and production oriented. And you can't do it like that. You can't do it like this. We systematize everything, put everything in a box. And protocols here and protocols, it's healthy. In, in, in context, a love for Jesus is the, most, is the best thing that you can have to put someone on fire for God. Protocols don't put people on fire. The Holy Spirit puts people on fire. Systems and regulations doesn't get people saved. Christ. Christ. And we get that from an inner room. Just life. Not just experience. A life. So I want to encourage us as we leave. This is who we are. First Peter 2 verse 9 to 10. But you. Me. You are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people for his own possession, not for the possession of culture, his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy.